0: Jewish audio on the basics of Chassidus, chapter 10, A convergence of opposites. A home for God in the lowest realm is somewhat counterintuitive. Of course, God is omnipresent and there is no place where he is not. But how can he actually have a home within the worlds he created? To explain. The sages taught that in the place that you find God's greatness, you are in truth pondering his humility. We may be impressed by God's boundless ability displayed in creating yesh may I, in something from absolute nothingness. However, for God, the creation of otherness is a concealment of his presence. Thus, what may appear to creations as the most magnificent greatness, is, for the all-transcendent God, only a humble downgrade from his true essence. Home is a place where the occupant resides without inhibition. Not required to conform to social norms or public decorum, home is a private space where one can simply be themselves. A home for God would similarly be a place where he can dwell simply as himself. There he would be manifest, without concealment or limitation, something unseen in all of the many layers of created reality. God's desire that he, a. feel ultimately at home, and b. in the self-absorbed egocentric physical realm, may seem logically inconsistent. God himself and the physical do not seem to match. This godly desire rooted in his essence that he dwell in this mundane world seems to transcend opposites. Rather than being a drawback, this discrepancy actually indicates that dira is the ultimate purpose. As I explained in previous chapters, True peace is the unification of contrary entities. Fused by a permeating truth, they both align to a higher purpose. Their distinct virtues cause them each to play an important role in their newfound integration. God himself is called Shalom, or peace. True world peace is a central theme of Mashiach and the giving of the Torah was geared to create integration and peace between heaven and earth. In this light, one can only expect that the ultimate purpose of existence also relates to peace. Nothing expresses the boundless truth of God as much as the harmonization of all duality and the reconciliation of opposites. Thus, our efforts to cause God to feel at home within this world with the world happy to host, are all about making peace. This is reflected in the Kavana intention of mitzvahs being for the sake of the union of Kodesh and his Shechina. In Kabbalistic terms, this refers to the revelation of God as He transcends creation, becoming manifest within the reality of the world, Yichud sovev As will be explained. This boundless revelation that our world is set to experience is a component of the Dira Batakhtoinen. Section 4. The Novelty of this Approach, Presenting the Big Picture Throughout the ages, numerous Torah sages discussed the question of purpose, and several approaches were offered. Incidentally, although the Alter Rebbe's explanation of purpose is based on several primary Torah sources, including a direct quote from Midrash, nevertheless, the idea that God desires for a dira b'tachtönim was never previously presented as the end-all answer. The reason for this apparent oversight is related to an idea previously discussed regarding the character of various disciplines of Torah interpretation. What makes Hasidus unique from other approaches of Torah learning is that rather than explaining one specific facet of an idea, Hasidus reveals its inner soul. While the perception of many scholars is from the vantage point of their area of expertise, be it Kabbalah, Drush, Musa or philosophy – Chassidus guides the conversation to the very core of the idea. Therefore, while other suggestions of purpose are relevant within a specific context, Chassidus has the ability to present the big picture. Being beyond any particular structural bias, Hasidus teaching teaches an all-encompassing idea that conveys the core essence of purpose as rooted in God's essence. Additionally, as explained in previous chapters, Chassidus's role as the Yechidah of Torah causes it to also permeate and provide the basic framework for all other disciplines and ideas. Similarly, the ideal of Dira is not only more profound than other reasons, it's also the basis for them. Once the ultimate purpose is established, there is value in various levels to each be characterized with more specific objectives. These mini-goals are all components of the greater scheme of creating the Dira from within the parameters of existence. Reasonable reasons and their limitations. From the ideas offered in Kabbalah and various philosophical works, one can easily recognize the encompassing nature of Hasidus' explanation of purpose. Number one, in the Zohar, creation is explained to be significant for the cause of godly revelation. This is because within the metaphysical process of of creation, God's attributes became knowable. This is echoed by the Arizal, who states that creation was in order to reveal the full extent of his powers and deeds, bringing them from potential into actual. Number two, in another teaching, the Arizal explains that creation was important in terms of enabling God to bestow his kindness. God desires to be kind, as it is the nature of the good to do goodness, thus necessitating creations to be recipients of God's kindness. Although these reasons are legitimate Torah perspectives, Hasidus demonstrates that they are not intended as the ultimate purpose. Kabbalah would not speculate that God himself lacks perfection and self-expression requiring him to create worlds. God is perfect and transcends these logical calculations. These reasons are only puzzle pieces of a far larger picture. Within the created realms of Hishtalshalos, self-expression and benevolence become important, but God himself transcends needs and reasons. On a practical level, the reasons presented in Kabbalah offer no insight into the universe's destiny. These purposes of divine self-expression were accomplished upon creation, leaving us without understanding into the meaning of our life on earth. Furthermore, the cause of godly revelation does not justify concealment, leaving us unable to explain the divine purpose of our lowly and spiritually oblivious world. While the godly perfection and expression discussed in Kabbalah may be realized in higher worlds, this is not applicable in our tangible reality. Significantly, our world is the focal point of creation, and somehow, the virtue of its existence cannot be rationally explained. Encompassing purpose that can explain how God himself desires to create even the most concrete reality, despite his total perfection, is the domain of Hasidus. Aimed at revealing the core essence of all things, Chassidus teaches us, number one, about the dwelling for God that our world is meant to become, number two, how to create it, and number three, to uncover within us the desire to fulfill God's desire just because. Section five, creating the dwelling, made from within. Now that we've established what the purpose is, let us discuss what its implementation entails. Building a dwelling for God in this lowly world does not mean that the world is meant to be completely revamped, becoming heavenly and angelic. God already has the heavens, yet they are not his chosen home. God wants a dwelling within the lowest world, as it remains just as concrete and earthly as ever. While the world must adjust to become receptive of the divine essence, it is also meant to stay the same. This means that the dwelling for God must not be imported from above, as this would override our world. It must be created from within. We, as members of this world, are to make God feel at home, while utilising locally sourced materials, the traits that reflect our weaknesses and challenges. In the words of the Rebbe, the dira must be fashioned within the tachtayn, by the tachton and of the natural character of the tachton. Firstly, this illuminates why mitzvahs are tangible deeds that are performed with the physical world. God's presence is manifested through his commandments, which involve worldly materials in order for God's dwelling to be fashioned from the world itself. Secondly, being conditioned by free choice and temptation causes the human struggle to be integral to our most godly accomplishments. Lastly, this world is structured so that no matter the good intentions, one gets nowhere without monetary resources. This makes the pursuit of income to be part of creating this godly abode. A different take on ego. The above idea leads us to an important question. If the world is meant to remain worldly because God wants a home from within in this world, how will our lowly world stop becoming oblivious of God? Here is where Hasidus plunges into the depths of earthly identity and drastically reshapes our perception of self and existence. Let us recall that our world is oblivious to God because its nature is to just be, without any thought or justification. We are naturally egoistic, not because we outlandishly believe that we are objectively perfect, but because we simply don't care to see past ourselves. Humans don't exert energy to ignore a higher truth, it is simply not within our purview of vision. This obliviousness is the epitome of yeshus and self-consideration, a far cry from any recognition of Bittl. This yeshus is the basis of all human struggle and failure. Yeshus is the low point of all existence. In a teaching penned by the Altarebbe during his last week on earth, he discusses the origin of this yeshus. He introduced a revolutionary principle that the creation of the physical derives from the essence of God Himself. Unlike the higher realms which are not oblivious to godliness and feel connected to their source, the yeshus of physical existence stems from the luminary himself. This is in contrast to the higher realms, which only represent a revelation of godly light. God himself is the Yesh Ha'amiti the true existence. He was never created from anything before him. He is just here, independent of anything or anyone. Created existence, in contrast, is dependent, and it would only make sense that it would feel dependent too. Indeed, the entire metaphysical scheme of reality all feel dependent upon their source. The only way our physical world can feel that it too is just here is a result of God granting a vestige of his Yeshus within our existence. Amazingly, the essence of his being is the source of our unmistakable sense of being. In the language of the Alter Rebbe, the source of all emanations, his existence is from his own being and not the effect of any cause that preceded him, and therefore he alone has the capacity to create something from absolutely nothing with no precedent or cause to its existence. This teaching revises our entire perspective of existence. Our yeshus need not be eradicated in order to make place for God. It needs to be rediscovered. We ought to realize what our yeshus really represents. Being lowly and naturally oblivious of God is not a drawback. It is an indicator that God invested his very essence into creating us. Although it was previously emphasized that this godly desire for a dirubatakhtonim is not dictated by logic, it is starting to make a whole lot of sense. God chose our world because our lowly, egocentric world is exclusive real estate, with unique features that no higher world can offer, This realm is inherently suitable as a dwelling for God's essence.